You're listening to The Journey Podcast. The Journey is a college and young adult ministry of Southcrest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. Amen. You guys can be seated. As we said, we changed things up a little night, a little bit tonight. Some echo in my voice. Hey, um, so kind of knowing, just kind of explain our heart for tonight. Why are we in tables with chairs? Why is it uh, feel more like we're maybe at this kind of conference type thing more so than like a worship service is that I know and I'm aware that this week, right, is the week right before spring break, which means what professors like to do to us so lovingly is jam a lot of tests and exams that kind of cover everything you've learned up till now, otherwise known as midterms. So a lot of us are maybe more tired than normal or like we're always tired, but like this week's like, wow, right? It is time for spring break. Um, another thing is, is while it's been a rich time in, in First Corinthians, believe me, I understand. I'm preparing, I'm praying for it and, and preaching it. That First Corinthians 5 and 6, while really good chapters, they cover some heavy things, right? Like some of us, we have to kind of think and reflect on it and kind of think, man, how does this apply to my life? And maybe we're going to have to chew on that for several weeks. So that being said, what I'm hoping for tonight is, is I want us to be a little bit more um, lighthearted. I want you to, to feel a little bit just more um, relaxed. And so what we're going to do tonight um, from really just some things that got brought up to us that would be really helpful, and that's one of our values, right, is helpful, is that we want to walk through a passage of Scripture tonight and sort of talk about, give you maybe one example, right, um, of how to actually study scripture, like where to start. And so I hope that just where you're at, even if it's on your phone, um, hard copy Bible, whatever you have, maybe your iPad, uh, be ready to be actually engaging with the word in some way. Um, and so if you don't even have Bible downloaded on your, on your phone, just do that real quick, even while we're talking. And throughout the night, I'm gonna put a slide up. Hey guys, could you put that slide up on the screen that says the number to text to? real quick. And so during the night, if you guys have questions about how to read the Bible or how to study the Bible, or maybe even a question about the specific text that we're in tonight, we're going to put this up on the screen. There we go. Thanks, guys. Um, Text questions to this number, 806-544-8046. And for many of you, as you put that number in, you're going to realize that that is Zach Calderon's number, okay? And so what I ask you to do, since I put it out there as public, everyone knows, it's as tempting as it is to send something really funny to Zach, which I would totally, totally be behind you most of the time. Uh, if you could wait to do that until after we're done tonight, uh, send all the funny stuff you want and, and keep it these text messages to serious things, maybe things that you're wondering about and and would like questions answered, all right? Y'all good with that? So I hope tonight, my heart is that tonight it would be encouraging. Um, I hope that you, the three E's, encouraging. I hope that you would feel equipped um, and I hope that you would feel energized. And what I mean by that is I hope that you kind of go back out even into spring break, um, that you could use some of this stuff that we're talking about um, and begin practicing it, implementing it into your own life. Some of you, you are just rocking it. You're killing it at studying the Bible. Um, but I've been there and I know many of us, this is an honest area of struggle. Like not even like some of us, like, where do I start? Like, do I just like, eyes closed, you know, Micah 2, 8. But lately my people have risen up as an enemy you strip the rich robe from those who pass by trustingly. 
with no thought of war. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord, this word. I think I'm supposed to take my clothes off. Something about taking off a robe. Lord, help me with that today. Who whistled? <laughs> Trust me, that is not a genuine whistle. That does not reflect reality. Wow, how did we get there? It's so, <laughs> um, so where do we even start, right? Like, where do we, gosh, <laughs> Um, where do we even start? And, and I'm not advocating that just to plop open the Bible. Um, what we rolled out Sunday is something really exciting. Uh, South Crest rolled out a Bible reading plan. I want you to feel encouraged that some of you uh, came to some of us and said, hey, can you guys help us with like where to start, maybe provide a reading plan, where to read? And so we talked about that with Brandon. I think it had been something kind of on his heart anyway. And so we've rolled out a reading plan. You can see that on your table, all right? And so here's what I'm gonna encourage you to do. I encourage you to grab one. We also posted that plan on our Instagram. And it's also in an email we sent out. If we have your email, uh, you may have given us your junk email. Hey, we're not hurt, we get it. We do that too, all right? Go check your junk email, it's also in there. You can put it on your phone. Um, but yeah, I encourage you to grab a, grab a copy, especially, and also we have it on our Southcrest app. So lots of different ways that you can access this. And so. Uh, this is called the HEAR method, H-E-A-R. We're gonna walk through what that means. But our goal is that this gives you a simplified way of reading the Bible. It tells you what you can read, and it's a five-day-a-week plan. So that means, hey, if you're like me, I miss a day every now and then, right? Like, I, I need a catch-up day. That's fine. I, I'm a, you're like, oh, is pastor, are they allowed to say that? Yes, yes, I have days where I choose sleep. All right, because I don't want people to be around me with three hours or four hours of sleep. All right, and then tomorrow I plan, man, I'm gonna get right back in the Word. So I, I have off days. And so the beauty of this plan is that, hey, you get five days and you can use some of those days to catch up. You can use some of those days um, to maybe really spend time on scripture memory that, that you have throughout the week. Um, and honestly, if this is your first time, who's just, by, by raise of hand, who's just taken a whack at a scripture reading plan before? Like, who's ever done something kind of like that? It's okay. Yeah, so just a few of us. So obviously, this is something new. So for many of us, five is plenty. <laughs> You're like, Whew, okay, good. Like five times a week, that's gonna be something that challenges us. But the beauty of this is that it's not such a big amount of reading where you got like four or five different chapters and like on the second day, you're like, I'm out, I quit, <laughs> you know? And then it's also not a plan that's like one verse and like I just did, you know, that's totally out of context and you're praying to God saying, I think I need to take my clothes off. You know what I mean? And so neither of those are good. It kind of meets us in the middle. It's a good amount of scripture. And what it does and the way it's broken up is what you're reading is the most natural way that the text is sectioned. Does that make sense? So what the amount that you're gonna be reading is kind of probably like we're in Philippians right now. Paul wrote Philippians. That's kind of what he wants us to see. All right, y'all good? I kind of just want to get that out on the front end just so you kind of know our heart, what we're doing, uh, what's behind it. And if any time you have questions about this or just need encouragement and help, uh, please ask. That being said, I'm gonna do a time of um, teaching. We're gonna walk through the scripture. Uh, the band's gonna lead us in a song response. And after that, we're gonna do a, a small panel and that's where you can send in your questions, all right? Even, I'm not gonna be offended if you're on your phone a little bit. All right, text some good questions maybe as they come up, all right? Y'all good with that? Can we get a thumbs up from everybody? We're good? All right, make sure we're all awake. Awesome. So um, back in 2014, um, it was the, the February before Kate and I were gonna get married, and we had just been living in 
uh, Dallas. I hadn't even been living there a full year. So here's the deal. I grew up in Sweetwater, Texas, has about 11,000 people, and that's being very generous. All right, I don't know where they got 3,000 of that from. I've never seen those extra 3,000 people, but they say 11,000 people, very small town. So when you go to a restaurant, even on like any holiday, the busiest holidays, you're gonna find a place to be able to sit down. That's just how it is. Like not many people in the town, not many places are busy. Now, how many of you been to Dallas or grew up in Dallas? It's not that way, right? Like everywhere is crowded all the time. Even I would say Lubbock is a good example too. Like Lubbock, have you noticed? They're the most eating out group of people I've ever seen. Like every burger place is like packed, you know, which is awesome. It's like, man, we love to eat here. But like, so you kind of get the idea. This is not a small town. So some of you may think it is, but it's bigger than Sweetwater. All right, I give you that preface. So it's, it's Valentine's Day. I've grown up in Sweetwater. Hey, for our Valentine's Day, we're just gonna, Show up to the restaurant, right? You see where I'm going? Um, so we get in the car and um, we actually go see a movie first. I'm like, let's do movie first and then dinner, kind of mix it up. And I start driving um, to Cheesecake Factory. That's one of Caitlin's favorite places. She, I don't know if the, the regular food's so good, but there's cheesecake, right? Amen, all right? And so um, she wanted to go there. I knew that would just bless her heart. And so in, in my heart's desire, I had just a kind of a very, very basic plan idea. I'm gonna take her there to bless her heart. She's gonna know I, I love her because we take her to Cheesecake Factory. Well, we pull into the parking lot and my eyes get about this big. And like, like not even talking about getting into weight, like there's not even a place to park. Like it's Valentine's Day, Cheesecake Factory, put those together and I didn't make a reservation. I didn't even think they take reservations. That's, that's how just clueless I was. And so <laughs> I go in we go in, and I realize how long it's gonna take. And so what I do is I go back out to the car, and I don't know if she even knows this, I proceed to act like this was part of the plan. Like, like oh yeah, was, we're gonna drive here. And like, maybe I was trying to act like I'm a little lost, but the whole time I was trying to hold it together and pretend like I knew where we were going and I had this plan, but I had no plan. That was it. We were supposed to go to Cheesecake Factory. Wasn't supposed to be anybody there except us. Okay, maybe a few more, right? And there were... Everybody else, I don't know how to word that, but there was us and like a thousand other people. And so I was embarrassed and like, I just I blew it, you know? And, and, and to be fair, like that's kind of a thing you should do. You should make reservations, you should think ahead. I didn't, I had a very, very bad plan. Uh, and so now I learn, okay? If we're going somewhere on Valentine's Day, I, I plan it out. Why, why did I tell you that story? I think in my heart there, um, I had good desire, like I, I had good intentions, but just, just terrible, <laughs> terrible planning, and terrible execution. Um, I think for a lot of us in our Bible reading is that we have a genuine desire. I think a lot of Christians, and I know this because the Holy Spirit of God is, is dwelling inside of you and giving you a heart and transforming your mind, that's Romans 12, and, and, and giving you a desire to want to know the Lord. And if you've been in circles long enough, you know that, um, I gotta change from this weird passage. Just flip it to here, okay. Um, it's not weird, it's the Bible, it's all good. Um, you know that this is the primary way that we hear from God. We believe that, his, that he speaks, as Christians believe historically, um, that, hey, when we open this, that God is speaking to us through his word. It's not an audible voice, but man, this is how we know God. So you have that desire. But we have 
no plan or way that we're gonna go about that. And so a lot of us, kind of like me being really discouraged, <laughs> maybe embarrassed, not planning for Valentine's Day, is that we get a little bit discouraged because we maybe one day like, all right, I'm gonna read. And like I said, some of us like, where do I read? <laughs> all right, this is it. Or we do have a place we're gonna read like, hey, my friend told me to start in the Gospel of John. And we go to the Gospel of John. I didn't do Bible drill, obviously. I would already be there. I'm just gonna pretend that I'm with John. Just joking. <laughs> we go to John chapter one. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And we're like, what in the world? What is, what is the Word? Words were there? You know? <laughs> and so we're, we're confused, and we maybe kind of back up, and we didn't think, hey, tomorrow I'm gonna read this next section or that section. You kind of get where I'm going here? Is that we never had a plan laid out for how are we gonna read scripture? What's our, our method of really getting into God's word? We have this desire, we wanna know God. God's doing that in our hearts. And so what I wanna do tonight, again, I want this to be encouraging, I want you to feel equipped, I want you to feel energized. Um, and we're gonna use a method that uh, Southcrest is using. If you have a Bible reading plan, by the way, and you, you've just been killing it and nailing it, um, outside of needing a little bit of grace, right? You stay on that, we're not moving you away from that. But as per the lack of hands raised, I invite you, man, jump into this one with us, all right? Like, we're gonna do this in community. And so we're gonna dive into what um, we would be reading today if we were actually following the week. And so if you see that first day on the week of, say, March 8th, is that right, March 9th? It says Philippians 1, maybe 1 through 26, is that right? And so today, that would be like Monday. So today would be Philippians 1.27 through 2.11. Is that right? And so we're gonna actually read together and study together what we would be doing if, if we were here having, you can call it a quiet time, devotional time. And so what I wanna, I wanna invite you into, this is not gonna be me so much preaching. This is just, just kind of sitting down um, and reading together, all right? So let me start in chapter one, verse 27. We'll read through chapter two, 11 together, and then we'll go through the here method, and I'll explain what that is. <clears throat> Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear of you, that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation, and that from God. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. Just gonna tell y'all, it's a good verse to... Highlight, just throwing it out there, maybe highlight it. All right, verse 30. Engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and now hear that I still have. Chapter two. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but... And humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. 
Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen? Amen? There we go. I don't know what it means, so I'm going to say amen. All right? (laughs) Hey, this is a really, really beautiful passage in that, again, love this passage about humility. I've referenced this passage just since I've been here probably two or three times, but didn't plan this. This was what we had for today, and so what I want to start with in the here method, what does that mean? Y'all see on the second page of your reading plan, y'all tell me what the H stands for in the here method. Someone just yell it out real loud. Highlight. Cool. Cool. All right, what does the E stand for? Explain, not mansplain, just explain, all right. What does the A stand for? Apply, and the R? Okay, good. What I'm gonna do real quick, I'm gonna give you two minutes. As the people at your table, what I want you to do before we come here, I wanna really build up need, I want you to talk about together, hey, what are some struggles, what are some barriers that keep you from being able to study the Bible consistently. You have to open up, just kind of share what are some barriers and things that are kind of hard and, and that you want to work through, all right? If we have some remaining time, if some of you have some encouragement and want to speak into that, go ahead and do that. So I'm going to give you two minutes starting now. Go. Y'all discuss that together.
All right, that's about two minutes. And so I wanted to give you a chance to um, explain that. If we could kind of bring it back in. It was a very fast two minutes. Um, so the purpose of asking you that, one, is I want you to know everyone has some barriers. Okay, now let's see if we can knock some of those barriers down, right, with this, with this kind of method, just equipping, put another tool in your toolbox. And so what the H stands for is highlight. And so what I've kind of already done, but I want to encourage you to do, is even before you begin reading, um, pray and, and ask God that he may himself highlight things in the text that he may want to bring out. So that's what we're going to do right now. I'm just going to pray for us, right? Let's pray. Father, we just ask that you would highlight and bring about things. I'm going to say certain things, but you may, and within everyone's lives here and in your way of illuminating, you may highlight some things and draw us to some truths. And so I ask that you do that, that they have a chance to, to write it down and, and meditate upon that. We thank you, Lord, for your spirit who guides us, who illuminates the word and speaks to us. In Jesus' name, amen. And so as I was reading this, for the sake of time, um, there were a few things that I highlighted. But one of the things that stuck out was in verse 29, I realized, it says, for it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. I just thought as I was reading this, like I'd say, I think I got in three times. I tried to kind of pretend like I was having three quiet times with this text before tonight. Every single time this idea came up, I was like, that's interesting. It's been granted. Like you ever heard the saying, don't take this for granted, right? That, that means don't just assume that it's gonna happen, that it's gonna be there. <laughs> well, God is saying, actually take suffering for granted. <laughs> like it's, it's gonna be there. And I just, I thought that was, so I'm kind of explaining at, with the highlight. And so um, I just thought that was really interesting. So I highlighted that. And then again, for the sake of time, as I was reading, I think what God wanted me to see is in um, verse four, five, um, and six, it's this idea of, of valuing others. Look, each of you not only to his own interest, but to the interest of others. And so caring about others, maybe their needs or whatever that they may have, and then have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Do y'all see in verse two how it says, complete my joy by being of the same mind? Y'all see that? Raise your hand if you see that. Should be everybody, I think. <laughs> All right. So in that moment, what I'm asking is I'm reading the scripture and I'm like, what mind, right? Be of the same mind. And then in verse, um, like he says mind several times. And are y'all not wondering that too? Maybe like, what, what kind of mindset are you talking about? And so then he says, verse five, have this what among yourselves? You see that key word again. So I think even my time and what I would pray for you, God, highlight some things you want me to see. What he's showing me is some of what we talked about last week, that our mindset, our worldview is going to dictate and, and change our behavior, the way we think about certain things. And isn't that beautiful? Like, didn't plan this, this is so cool. Like, back to back, how it kind of comes together full circle this week. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. So something's gonna be good there. He's telling us, about to tell us, it seems what Jesus' mindset is. And then it says in verse six, uh, sorry, let me go to verse seven, that he emptied himself by taking the form of servant. That, that wording, that he emptied himself, 
Like we always, don't we always talk about like, man, I, I, I wanna come to fellowship. I wanna, I wanna be filled up, you know what I'm saying? Like I wanna be filled up. And so when I hear the opposite of that, like I never say, hey brother, you just really, you really need to be emptied. Yeah, I just think you've, you're getting a little bit too much of Jesus in your life. You know, like you need to, need to be a little bit more drained, all right? A little bit too joyful. Like I never say that. And so when I encounter this word emptied, I'm like, huh, I don't usually use that vocabulary. And so that's one thing God highlighted. So he highlighted the suffering, verse 29 for me. He highlighted the, the mindset. And then he highlighted this concept, empty. So kind of moving on, that, that's what highlighted. I think you can journal this. I've got this, if you have an iPad or a pencil, I mean, you can see, like, I've done this. I'm a nerd, so I color code. You can see white, green, red. Don't be overwhelmed by that. It's just kind of a nerd thing I do. Maybe a little OCD. Uh, there's counseling for that. I'll get help. Um, so, uh, but you can use your journal. You can write it down, whatever you want. Um, but I, I want you to, whatever you're highlighting, get some way to record it. All right, that's what I'm gonna encourage you to do. And so now we go to explain. And what you're trying to do here is this is not what we do up here on this, what we're doing it tonight, <laughs> but whenever someone's preaching or teaching, like Brandon is not saying his immediate thoughts that he had in his quiet time on Sundays. You know that? Pastor David is not giving us his quiet time thoughts. Like when we, sometimes when we say explain, what we're saying is we're gonna explain the exact meaning of the text, but what this point is in your quiet time that you have with the Lord, you're trying to just get it into your own words. Does that make sense? Like you're just trying to, Okay, I'm taking a shot at what this means. So you're not writing it down, and if it's wrong, it's not heresy. Does that make sense? I want everybody to feel safe. Like, you're not gonna go teach it tomorrow. You're just trying to get this out. And so when I was explaining some of these verses, um, man, let me just tell you what I thought about verse seven. Let's go down in it. This is to the, the idea of being um, empty. I, I thought, this is how I kind of explained it. I said, rather than grasping to be um, filled with praise and, and the honor and the status of God. Like, Jesus is God, right? He emptied himself of that. Like, Jesus forfeited his rightful place in heaven to, like, come and dwell among us and, and to serve us. That's what the text says. That's Mark 10, 45 as well. Jesus says, the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, here's what's cool. The more you read the Bible, you got Mark 10, 45 locked away. But you know what I can do there? I can see, as I'm explaining this, trying to get this in my own words, you know what I did? I thought, I've heard this type of wording before that, that Jesus came to, to serve and to empty and humble. Hey, where else does that say that? Does that make sense? And so then, guys, use Google. That's fine. Literally, like, like Google the verse. Like, where does it say this? And like, you'll find no, no shame in that. Use the back of a lot of your Bibles. Use indexes. A lot of your Bibles on your phone have a search. No shame in that. And so that's what I spent some extra time just to do that. Hey, where else does this say that is what I think the text means, what I'm saying in my own words. Does this align with, with other parts of the Bible? And sure enough, there it was. It says he was born in the likeness of man. It means that Jesus looked like us, like he didn't have a, a gold-plated face and this little spirit just floating around like, I am Jesus, I cannot be touched by humanity. You know, like he was a, a real man. Like if you reached out, like you would, you would feel his, like his arm and everything. Like he, he became human. He got hungry, he got thirsty, he walked, he talked, he got tired. 
He lived a 100% truly human life, though he was 100% God as well. And so that took some time for me to write out, but as I explained, man, this is, I think, the message what verse seven is trying to explain. This kind of, in my own words. Now granted, I've even, in, in classes, in Bible college, even written the paper over that, and so I think it's kind of cheating. I don't want you to be discouraged. Like, I've got a lot to go from, right, to have that amount of thoughts about this one verse, all right? So for you, it may be something simple, like empty. Hmm. He emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. For you, it may just be like, I think that when Jesus served, what he was doing was he was not trying to be filled up with all this status. He wasn't flexing his deity. He wasn't flexing his godness, right? It could be just something that simple, like, hey, I think I got that basic explanation. Thumbs up if we're good, we're good. And so let's just stick, let's move on. So we highlighted, we explained, and then now what I love about apply is this is not so much thinking about what to do, but it's thinking about that, how this connects and applies to your life. And so at this section, it's gonna be really hard to distinguish between apply, response, and that's maybe one weakness of this acronym. But what you're just saying is like, hey, here's an idea from ancient 2,000 years ago that Paul's communicated. Let's draw a straight line to 2020, to our lives today, and how does this apply? That good? So, two big ideas um, that I was thinking about, but we're gonna focus on one in verse seven. Again, emptied. And here's how I thought this applied to me. This may not to you again. This is what I wrote. I said, if Jesus, God in the flesh, emptied himself of his status, if he was humble and he came to serve and care for others and put the needs of others first, what right do I have, Cole Rhodes, a mere man, to be prideful and refuse to have a servant heart? See that? So I applied it to my life. So I kind of allowed that conviction to, to set in. Jesus emptied himself. Is it not, I wrote this more, is it not the irony of the century <laughs> that I would assume that I should be praised and honored and esteemed as great in the eyes of others when Jesus emptied himself? Like, like the only one who is truly perfectly great and in all of his ways worthy of our praise, emptied of himself, and me who is not worthy of, of anything, of dirt. <laughs> How ironic would it be for me to be prideful and arrogant and to live off the praise of men and, and to say, you, you better like me, you better, you better praise me, you better think I'm doing a good job, you better not ever correct me or tell me anything I did wrong. You see where I'm going there? Wow. The path of having the mind of Christ, of following Jesus, I wrote this down as the path of emptying oneself, taking up your cross with Jesus, and dying to self entirely. So as I was reading and reflecting, God said, you wanna be like Jesus? Die to you <laughs> so that you can get out of the way and God can be glorified through your radical devotion and obedience to his will. And that's what Jesus did. If you see, let's read the rest of the verse, just to give you some good context. 
starting with verse six, who though he was in the form of God, did not account the quality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So another thing that I highlighted but didn't mention for the sake of time, and because I missed it in my notes, to be honest, <laughs> is I highlighted these last two verses. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess. You remember in verse 29 how I noted that it said something about suffering? Like that it's granted. What God helped me to realize in this time of explaining, he said, Hey, Cole, don't you realize that what Paul is saying here is in the context of suffering? Like, suffering's granted, so you're gonna need to have the mind of Christ, who suffered better than any of us and more than any of us than Jesus himself by his death on a cross. So you're gonna need to have this mind. Actually, hey, church, it says, you notice how it, um, complete my joy by being of the same mind. He's talking to all of them. Hey, church, as Christians, if you're living faithfully in the gospel, like, you're gonna encounter opposition. This, this world is gonna have suffering, 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 <laughs> suffering too, you're gonna eat. But suffering with two Fs um, is granted. And so I began thinking about um, some friends that I have uh, in, in China right now. And man, as if the, the persecution that they already receive as Christians Trying to be faithful isn't enough. Like the coronavirus started there, you know, and it's like they're, they're frightened, they're, they're scared. Um, and to think that there are leaders in their government, like, I don't care to call my name, Xi Jinping is the, is the chairman. He is, basically, he is the president of China. And he is basically trying to install a system. He's done really well that rivals Mao Zedong and the communist revolution. And what they want to do is they wanna install these systems of government that intentionally eradicate the existence of God from the people's worldview. And so like their goal and hope would be that 50 years from now, like we couldn't even come to them and ask them, hey, do you believe in God? Because they would be like, what is, what is a God? That makes sense? Like that's the end and that's the hope. That's the kind of opposition that our brothers and sisters in various parts of the world, but specifically there, are facing. And I thought to myself, how encouraging is Philippians 1, or sorry, 2, 10 through 11. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and on the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And how encouraging is it for us in, in the U.S.? And we're not experiencing as much, but I can tell you where the culture is moving is, is the church that churchy things, that Jesus-y type things are becoming more irrelevant. And, and that can be a whole other sermon, but a lot of it is because we've been churchy and not gospely. Does that make sense? And so for too long, the taste that most people have in their mouths in Christianity is not Christianity, but it's, it's something else. And so that has no power. And so church, here we are, like we're encountering some opposition. And this is where we have to dig our heels in and get back to what the gospel is. That was another sermon that was for free. So if you liked it, great, you're welcome. Um, 
So to think, as discouraging as it can be, to look at the world around us like, you ever hear those old people, we're going to hell in a handbasket. You know what I mean? You ever heard that saying? It's kind of hard not to laugh. But it can be hard not to be discouraged as we see just everything going on in the world, the coronavirus. We see people suffering. We see like just worlds and nations collapsing around us. When we, we see even maybe even in our own lives when we experience suffering and, and, and death of people very close to us, friends, family members, mothers, uh, brothers and sisters and uh, disease. And you're like, man, you're really beating us with this. But in all of this, in all of that suffering of various kinds, how encouraging is it that in light of persecution, in light of the suffering, in light of the coronavirus, in light of even like in our nation right now, the the storm that's about to happen because of something called the presidential election, that ultimately in reality, In this crazy, fallen, broken world, Jesus is coming. And I think somehow Siri thought that I was talking to her. I don't know where she got that from. Um, Siri, stay in there. Um, Like, how encouraging is that? That ultimate reality is that Jesus is coming back. Like, in this moment, it's going to happen. For believers, when when we declare his name as Lord and we bow, that's a good thing. But also... Although we're, we don't want this for them, those people that Satan used instrumentally to persecute, to, to harm us in various countries or whatever, like evil leaders who make themselves God and try to eradicate the existence of God will bow down to Jesus and have to say, you are God and I am not. Isn't that crazy? And so in light of that, um, I promise that was here. That was just kind of what I wrote down. How do we, how do we respond? I think what we're at in this moment is we're asking how or what are we going to do with what we've learned? And so here was, this is very subjective, what that means. And so like this is not how you have to, the direction you have to go. But this is the direction that I went I felt the Holy Spirit was leading me to apply this in this way. Tonight, my response was prayer. When I, my prayer is when I'm tempted to be prideful and arrogant and feel entitled to everyone's praise and compliments and high thoughts, I'm gonna pray this. This is what I'm gonna pray. Lord, please empty me of this. Give me the mind of Jesus. Lord, my life is about your glory, not mine. Lead me to take up my cross in humility and service to others. Help me to die to self. Get me out of the way so that others can see you clearly. So that, that was my really response, like in the moment where maybe I hear um, anything that's not just absolute praise, hey, dude, like it's, it's okay, empty yourself of that. Like, you're good, it's about glorifying God. Maybe what that person said is gonna glorify God. You see what I'm saying? And so it's just being quick to pray that and see that in myself. The second thing that I'm asking is I'm, I'm praying for the persecuted around the world that need to be encouraged that Jesus is coming one day and he will be worshiped and proclaimed as Lord, right? That even by those who try to remove his name from existence, they will be brought low, right? Lots of people in the world, they think of themselves very, very highly. And at the the coming of Jesus, the final judgment, they're going to be brought very low. They're going to see where they really stand before an almighty, holy, righteous, beautiful God. Number three, I'm praying this. I'm praying for enemies of the gospel. This is so important, guys. 
we can rally cry, yeah, take them down, Jesus. But do you not know that the Bible says that we all were once enemies of Christ? Whoa. So let that sit for a minute. So I'm praying for enemies of the gospel that they would, before they take their last breath on this earth, that they would acknowledge Jesus as Lord and believe in the gospel. Because I don't think we would wish for anyone to wait to bow the knee to Jesus until the day of judgment when it's too late. I promise you, you may feel like, oh man, I just want them to get what they got coming for. But if you were to see it, you would not want it. You would be like, oh my, literally, oh my God. Wow. And so the way believers declare he is Lord and the way non-believers will declare he is Lord are totally different. So we pray for those men. Call his name out again. Um, Xi Jinping, we pray that for him that that he, his heart would be softened and that he would turn to the Lord and that would be a miracle. But that would be awesome, would it not? We pray for our country's leaders. I'll say this once. Um, I don't know if it's always been this way, but because we're a fallen humanity, I would be surprised if the majority of people who get the praise and a lot of the votes of men, I would be surprised if in the majority of them, um, male or female, if they don't change their behavior and their conduct, the fruit that I see in their lives, I would be very surprised if a lot of them were standing next to me in heaven, all right? And so that pushes me not to be like, oh, this is, everything's so bad. What that pushes me is to pray for them. And the Bible says to pray for your leaders. This is to pray for those in authority. I don't do that well. And so God's convicted me and pray that. And pray that they would turn to the Lord. And you know what they would do? That they would start leading us here, those people here, overseas, everywhere in the world, like Jesus led. That they would empty themselves to the point of a servant and have Christ-like leadership. Also, let me to pray for that person in my life that just, in my flesh, I just don't like. Um, it could be a peer, it could be a family member, um, it could be like a, <laughs> you're like, do you like your boss or coworkers? I'm gonna say that, boss or coworkers, I'm not passive aggressively bringing something up. Let's say like your boss or people that you work with. For those people, I want to empty myself of all the things, the rights that I think I have to kind of build up bitterness towards them and maybe have this kind of standoffishness from them. I want to empty myself and I want to pray for them. If they're not believers, I want to pray for their salvation. I want to put down the unforgiveness and bitterness and I want to take up my cross and pray for them and serve them and glorify God by showing them Jesus. So realistically, I'm gonna be just real with you. I could not have done that in 15 minutes, like sitting down, just couldn't. Um, some days my quiet times are 15 minutes. Some days my quiet times, if I have a day off, I'm not doing this to boast, it's just, it's my day off and I need this. Some, some days it's well over an hour. Some days it's more than that, it just depends. But what the Lord was able to do is he was able to highlight some things for me. I had a time to explain it apply it to my life, and then choose, like, hey, this is what I'm gonna do with this information. Y'all see that? And so just, just to close, what we're gonna do um, is we're gonna have the, the band go ahead and, and come up. They're gonna lead us in a time of response. But a few things I wanted to share with you um, about the HEAR method. If you haven't yet already, um, you can, if we can put that text number back up, just in case you haven't seen it, you still have a little bit of time to text in some questions. 
But here are some strengths that I want you to consider. With the here method, since we're doing this with the church, you get to read in community, all right? So every single one of you that want to start this tonight, like tomorrow, you're reading, what, what's the chapter? 2.12 through the end of 2, is that right? Is that the reading for tomorrow? 2.12 to 2.30 of chapter 2 for Philippians? I think so. Um, you get to do that together. So every one of you, so if, if half of you, like 50 or so, 60 or so, whatever, um, man, that's cool. You get to read this in community together. Second thing is you can read the New Testament and the Old Testament. If you look forward, like, we're not just like, hey, the Old Testament, that's for like really smart people. We're just gonna stay. No, no, no. Hey, we're reading everything. We're reading this together. The old and the new, it's all God's word. They're interconnected. Alas, our third, we're reading portions again that are not too overwhelming. But they're not so small that they just don't make sense. Um, and number four is you can start today. I don't wanna take you away from your plan, but, but, but many of us, we fail to read because we don't plan to read. 2014 Cole Rhodes failed to provide Caitlin Rhodes with a great Valentine's Day because I failed to plan, all right? I don't want you to fail in reading the words, so what we're, we're doing together in community is we're gonna plan to read. Make sense? And so just to kind of wrap things up, bring it full circle, Van's gonna lead us. We're gonna have a time with the panel. But man, asking the question in 1 Corinthians and tonight, man, how can we be better before bigger? I think a, a task that my hope for you has been is you'd be encouraged, you feel equipped, you feel energized. It just feels very tangible. Maybe the most tangible time we've had is like, I know exactly what I can go and do with this and use this over spring break, right? But I think in asking how do we be better before bigger, I think... We have to become people of this book. That makes sense? Just trying to move this chair. <laughs> um, we have to become people who maybe in small baby steps, we're not only loving the word and wanting to know more about God, but we're actually intentionally and strategically planning how we're gonna do that. There's a lot of things fighting for your time, as you know very well. And so what we wanna do as a, as a journey ministry is be people of the word, all right? That's how I become better before bigger, just another piece. And so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna just pray for us over this time that even, because we're not going to connect groups, that maybe even tonight or tomorrow, um, you're taking maybe some things that you highlighted down and, and meditate on that, okay? Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you for this time in your word. Um, I've trusted that you've answered my prayer in, in the way that you choose. Um, God, I'm trusting that you've highlighted some things that you want us to see. Um, I'm trusting for your help in just explaining things, God, in, in your word. Explaining, uh, helping us write in our own words just what <laughs> you, Holy Spirit, are speaking to us. God, I'm trusting you that we've been able to apply it directly to our lives, to draw that line from, from ancient 60, 70, 80, 90 AD all the way to 2020. And I'm trusting, Lord, and asking that you would strengthen us and give us the guidance and power to respond by, by doing your word. 
we would become people that are so much for your word and in your word that we would be doing it. Um, help us for some of us in this room who maybe still, even though we've tried to encourage or discouraged, help them not to leave that way. That they, tonight, as we answer questions, that they would get that encouragement. My prayer tonight, we'd be sent away encouraged, equipped, and energized. Lord, thank you for this group. Thank you for their hearts. I look out and see, I see beauty. I see people who, who came tonight for various reasons, but it could ultimately be boiled down to is they knew something here was happening tonight where we sing about God and we talk about you. And maybe they're hoping that it applies to their life in some way. And so I see that and I thank you just for bringing the people here. God, help them not to leave wondering why they came. Make it very clear to them. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Journey Podcast. You can learn more about The Journey by checking us out on Instagram or Facebook. Just search for at the journey LBK.